Does God love us so much that He sacrificed His own Son in our place? But then if you turn back to Romans 3, 24-26, Paul says, but God demonstrates His justice in sacrificing Christ on the, on the cross. Now which is it? Is that a contradiction? No, it's not a contradiction at all. God demonstrates both His love for us by Christ dying for us, but also His justice. God is so just. You know, the, the God of Islam and the God of the present state of Judaism apparently sweeps sin under the rug. Because He can forgive sin and there's no ultimately worthy substitute sacrifice. All sin, even the smallest sin, is rebellion against the ultimately worthy being. Therefore, all sin, even the smallest sin, is deserving of the ultimate in punishment. And I don't know any punishment more ultimate than eternal separation from God, eternal torment. But if there's going to be a substitute sacrifice, then the substitute sacrifice has to be what? Ultimately worthy. In other words, if it wasn't God on the cross, we're still in our sins. Ultimately worthy sacrifice. But God, as God, can't die. So God had to become one of us. God the Son had to become one of us because a sacrifice, what good is a sacrifice if the sacrifice doesn't die? I mean, you can't slash a, a, a lamb and then cut it loose. You, you, you've got to have it bleed to the point of death. And um, hence, that's where um, Anselm, the great Christian thinker, um, wrote his book, Why the God-Man? Why God had to become a man. Because only God is ultimately worthy. Only God is, is worthy enough to satisfy God's justice and God's wrath and God's holiness against our sin. Um, but God as God can't die. God had to become one of us to take our punishment for us. Um, and so the Christian God is more loving, more just. I, can, I think we can argue for the superiority of the Christian concept of salvation by grace. That we are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. It, the finite, sinful human cannot reach the infinite, perfect God on his own. Therefore, if we're to be saved, we need to look to God for the way of salvation and be saved by God's charity, God's grace. You know, uh, the apostles asked Jesus, how can man be saved? Jesus said, this is impossible for man, but all things are possible with God. Christianity teaches salvation by God's grace, something that we don't earn. Islam, you're earning it. You're earning Allah's favor. And I, and I, I don't think that is a... Um, I think that's um, an inconsistent and inferior concept to the Christian concept of salvation by grace. We already talked about the Holy Spirit as the counselor, not Muhammad. Um, then even the logic of the Christian concept of salvation, it's kind of what I talked about, why God became a man. That was dealing with, with that particular uh, issue there. And then the logic of the Incarnation. Muslims will act like it's impossible for God to become a man. And um, philosophers, not only did uh, Anselm in the 11th century A.D. show that um, the Incarnation is logical, it is not contradictory, God the Son becoming a man, adding a human nature, 
Um, but Tom Morris out of Notre Dame, John Feinberg out of uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School have written some works recently talking about the logic of the incarnation. How Jesus, you know, it, it, it all, it's, all, it's all based off the hypostatic union and the kenosis, uh, but the, the hypostatic union, Jesus is one person with two natures forever. Jesus always existed as God, the second person of the Trinity, but at a point in time, without ceasing to be God, he added a human nature. So that he has, he is fully God and he is fully man. And those two natures don't blend. And, um, but that's the traditional view of the uh, hypostatic union. Morris and Feinberg uh, answer some modern objections to that. And I think we need to study up on that if we're really going to dialogue with Muslims. Now having said that, and I said this about atheists and uh, New Agers earlier today, um, the most powerful things you can do, number one, is pray for, for Muslim people, especially if you know Muslim people. Pray for them. Most powerful thing that you can do. Um, when you pray, you acknowledge your dependence on God. You acknowledge that, Lord, I can't do this in my strength. This is a spiritual battle. I need you to give me the victory for your kingdom and for your glory. We need to pray. Number two, we need to love them. If we could spend time... By the way, I was always told from in Bible college that when you, you never turn down food from a Muslim, a Middle Eastern Muslim, because they think when they break food with you, it's like the Jews and, the, and Abraham in the Old Testament time, that that's like a, a friendship, that they're willing to die for you if you break food with them. And then one day I was working as a security police officer on a military base, and we got the word, stop accept that our police department has to stop accepting gratuities or gifts from the uh, uh, vendors. Well, there was a guy, a Middle Eastern Muslim, working for Dunkin' Donuts, okay? And this guy used to take care of my, my donut fix in the morning when I get out there on duty. And, I mean, this guy was giving away, you know, he'd have a dozen donuts there for me every day. But they figured, you know, if you're going to eat uh, donuts, accept donuts from a guy, then you can't write him a ticket. I never had that problem. I could, as a cop, I could be eating the donut the guy gave me while I'm writing him a ticket. And, um, but whatever the case, I figured, well, this is, you know, the word came down from Mount Sinai, so I had to go with this. And this is a big guy, like 6'3", 220, big, big Muslim guy. And uh, he offered me the donuts. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, uh, they don't allow us to take them anymore. He almost started crying. He just he put him down, he's like... <laughs> and for like the next month, this guy would drive through my gate and, and hold his badge out and wouldn't look at me. <laughs> and I just slides, it's like, man, it just... He's like a little kid and stuff. And so I used to, every day, check his badge and pat his shoulder and say, and say, have a good day, my friend. Have a good day, my friend. Little by little, Smiles came back, and then we talked. Never again did he give me a donut, so it has a sad ending. But, but, uh, but, uh, um, but if you break, I got a feeling if you break bread with a Middle Eastern Muslim, um, though he might get real upset, real angry. You know, if I break bread with a Middle Eastern Muslim, he might get real upset, real angry with me, and all this other stuff. And 
call me an infidel or whatever, and they're very emotional people, and being half Italian, I think emotions are good. Um, but, um, you know, I get upset with me, call me an infidel or whatever, but if I break bread with him and eat with him, share my food with him and share his food with me, um, I think whenever he's said and done, even, even when his pulse is going, you know, pulse rate is going up, and they stop and ask, hey, is Fernandez your friend? He'd probably say, yeah. And uh, you often find that with, with cultures that tend to, cultures that tend to be violent, though many peaceful Muslims come out of those violent cultures, um, it's literally that way back east. There's some violent stuff going on back east, but um, sometimes in violent cultures, you you tend to have to. Your enemies hate you more than anywhere else on earth, but your friends love you more than anywhere else on earth because you got to stick together and you've got to look after one another. And uh, but if we can love these people, like Jesus loves them. And, uh, and remember that Jesus died for them and that, you know, they're your Muslim friends. You know, they don't deserve to go to heaven. But he needed to weep. You know, I deserve, I deserve hell as much as Osama bin Laden, although I think the furnace would be cranked up a little higher for him. Okay? Um, but, um, you know, we got to love them like Jesus loves them. That's what it's all about. And if we can love them and we can pray for them, and when the opportunities are there, getting a little bit of heated arguments with them, who knows? But uh, if you don't, if you don't get that close relationship with them and really love them and really pray for them, then you might as well just disregard everything I said because uh, the information, the truth, isn't isn't going to take hold um, unless we show these people the love of the Lord, and uh, and that's where prayer and love are going to be your prayer, prayer and love. I'm going to be your one-two punch, and then you follow it up with the truth. And you, you, we just might uh, tap into somebody's, you know, 20% of the world's population and bring them to Jesus. And, and uh, if they can take that kind of passion, and instead of directing it against Israel and America, if they can take that kind of passion and go on and into the true spiritual battle for the souls of mankind, working for the kingdom of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ, then this world's going to be a better place to live. Uh, God bless you. we got to hand out your pens. So, um, this is good. It makes me feel important, like some kind of general or something. <laughs> and, um, 